Welcome to Sermons from Bailey Road. You are about to hear a sermon given at Bailey Road Baptist Church. Bailey Road is a small Bible-believing church located in North Jackson, Ohio, and is pastored by Pastor Aaron Smith. We are dedicated to serving the Lord through our people and through our teaching. We hope you are enlightened by today's message, and again, welcome to Bailey Road Baptist Church. Hebrews chapter number 11. We have been here for several weeks now, and we'll be here for several weeks to come. As we continue our series on the Great Hall, the Great Hall, and so far we have looked at the faith of Abel, of Enoch, of Noah, Abraham, and last week we looked at Sarah's faith. And I hope my desire through this is that your faith would be encouraged and strengthened as you walk through the journey of your Christian life. And uh, faith is, in my opinion, one of the greatest gifts that God has given to us as believers, as Christians. Even even as non-Christians, anyone can have faith and put their faith in something uh, in that, and so faith is not exclusive uh, to believers, but it sure does make uh, having faith in God uh, certainly does make the Christian life uh, a whole lot sweeter at times. Um, but I ask this morning, by way of introduction, have you ever put your faith in something? that uh, never played itself out the way you thought it would, or maybe more appropriately, we could say that you thought it should. Uh, you, ever, you ever had faith just not come through for you? That ever happened? Uh, I, I would dare say, if we asked for a raising of hands this morning, every one of us would have to put our hands up uh, to say, yeah, it didn't play out uh, the way that I thought it should, uh, or that it could have, or that I wished it would have. Uh, however you want to say that, uh, we all understand what it means and what it is uh, for faith not to come through uh, for us. And, and I will tell you in that, it can be inherently frustrating when we have faith, whether it be uh, in something or even even when we have faith in God for Him to do something, when it does not pan out the way that we think it should or could or thought it might, it can be frustrating, can't it? It can be not only frustrating, but it can be discouraging. Discouraging means a discouragement is defined as something that which deprives of courage. You see, Faith gives us courage. And when that faith doesn't come through, it can be discouraging and deprive us of courage to where we don't want to try that. It says it goes on on this uh, definition of discouragement uh, of something that dissuades from an undertaking. You see, sometimes when we are traveling in faith and that faith doesn't pan out the way it should, uh, on occasion we stop and, and we say, well, you know what, it didn't work the last time. I'm not going to try that again. It happens. Dissuade from an undertaking. Then it says the act 
of depressing confidence. I'm just going to tell you, look, when we, have, uh, when we have confidence, we can do about anything, can't we? I mean, we just say, man, I know I, know I can do this. And, and what happens in the Christian life often is we, we go from, as the Bible describes, from faith to faith. And we've talked about this before, how our faith fluctuates. Sometimes we have little faith. Sometimes we have great faith. But one of the ways we get to great faith is by faith coming through. And then we go from faith, and then we have confidence, to faith, then we have confidence, to faith. More confidence means more faith. And we go from faith to faith to faith. And that gives us a confidence. But when we're discouraged, our confidence is shaken, our courage is shaken, and it continues to say that which depresses confidence or hope. So if we put our faith in God, and in our opinion, if God does not come through, it can sometimes lead to a discouragement. But the fact of the matter is this, faith is supposed to bring hope, isn't it? Because faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Faith is supposed to work in our minds. I mean, we look at it and we say, well, it worked for Abel. We look and we say, it worked for Enoch. It worked for Noah. It worked for Abraham. It worked for Sarah. Why is it not working for me? If we continue into Hebrews chapter 11, we'll see that it worked for Isaac, it worked for Jacob, it worked for Joseph, it worked for Moses. All of these Old Testament saints, faith worked for. So what happens, or maybe we should even say, what do we do when faith stalls? What are we supposed to do? So I mean, when we go from, we start over here with just a simple faith, and it works. It happens. God comes through. We come to the next step of faith. It happens. God comes through, and we're building our confidence. And then right here, our faith stalls. Now, you know what I mean by stalls. It means you're not going any further. The engine doesn't want to crank. You're in the car, but it won't move. You turn the key and nothing happens. So you press on the gas a few times to pump some fuel into the, into the engine and you turn the key again and nothing happens and you have stalled. What do you do? Well, there are some answers. And right here in the middle of our passage, God addresses this particular topic in the midst of the great hall. Now, if you'll picture uh, this great hall, of course, as we go through and we consider the, the hall of faith, every hallway or every hall needs some light, doesn't it? Otherwise, you couldn't see what was there. Well, God gives us some light, if you will, in the midst of this passage that is given for this particular question in mind. What do we do when our faith stalls? If you'll look at verse number 13 of Hebrews chapter 11, we're going to read down a few verses and see what God has to say about just this. Verse number 13 says, These all died 
in faith. Not having received the promises. Hold on a second. God promised something to these people and they died in faith. Now notice what it says. Having not received or not having received the promises. So they had faith. And at some point along their journey, their faith stalled. And if you're discouraged already, I'm probably going to discourage you a little bit more. They died in faith. Never receiving what they had put their faith in. But, notice that. Verse 13, right there in the middle. But, having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Verse 14 says, For they say such things, declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now, they desire a better country that is an heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He hath prepared for them a city. Hold on a second. You see, while these died in faith, God said, there's something better. There's something better. And so we're going to look at this topic this morning, if you will. When your faith stalls, what do I do? Or what do I do when your faith stalls? Let's pray this morning and we'll get started. Our Heavenly Father, I thank You. Again, God, I thank You for the faith that You've given us. I thank You that our faith grows from faith to faith, that every day You allow us to have a particular faith and put our trust and hope in Thee and Thee alone. Father, as we see described here in Hebrews chapter 11, God, not everyone that had faith in You received the promise or received the hope that they were looking for. And God, I, I, I'm convinced this morning because of what I've experienced in my own life concerning faith that it sometimes doesn't come out the way that we want it to. Or some, it doesn't happen at all. We've asked You a, a hundred times, a thousand times, many times, but God... Uh, our faith often doesn't seem strong enough. It doesn't seem like we have enough faith or it doesn't seem like uh, you're even responding in any case that we might have. But God, I know that Your Word is true. I know it's powerful. I know it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And Father, what we need this morning is for Your Word to pierce our hearts. 
that we might have just, just a little bit better understanding about faith. What it means, what it does in our lives, in our hearts. God, help us. Help us to trust in Thee no matter the circumstance. With an answer or without an answer, may we trust in You. Father, we ask these things in the name of Your Son who died for us, Jesus Christ. It's in His name we pray. Amen. These all died in faith, the Scripture says, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. What happens when your faith stalls? There are three things I want to share with you and give you uh, upon this particular topic this morning. Uh, of course, we're not looking at one particular person in the Scripture. We're not examining their faith. What's going to have to happen this morning is you are going to have to, number one, examine your own faith. When your faith stalls, you have to ask the question, why? What is happening right now in my life to cause my faith to stall? Now, sometimes there are uh, maybe some self-inflicted reasons that our faith may stall. If you're, uh, by way of comparison, um, you may have had a vehicle stall out before because you forgot to put fuel in it. So you ran out of gas. When a car runs out of gas, it won't go. It happens. It happens to the best of us. And so what do we do? We pull over to the side of the road and either look for a ride. Now we all have cell phones, but, so we're not taking rides from strangers too much. But uh, we, we will figure out and say, well, I, I put gas in it, but it's still stalled. There's something more going on. There's something more that I cannot see. And so we take it to someone to have it examined. And I would dare say that if we are going to figure out what to do when our faith stalls, we are going to have to examine our faith. And there are five questions that we can ask ourselves when our faith stalls as we are examining our faith. The first question, when our faith stalls, we have to ask, is my faith in something God's Word has promised? You see, we put our faith in lots of things. We put our faith in things that uh, I would dare say that oftentimes we have no business putting our faith in. But we put our faith in it nonetheless. So we have to ask ourselves, if I'm examining my faith, why is my faith stalled? Why is it not going any further? Every other time it has worked, but right now it's just stopped. So I have to ask myself, is my faith in something God's Word has promised? 
What we have to remember is for Christians today, for believers today, this Bible, God's Word, is how God communicates to us. It's not through feelings, it's not through emotions, it's not through any of that. It is through His Word. And so if I am putting my faith in something that God can do, it has to be something that has been promised in His holy, infallible, inerrant, perfect Word of God. It has to be placed there. And so I have to ask myself, is my faith in something God's Word has promised? If the answer is yes, then I can go on to number two. To number two, or letter B. Is my faith in something God's Word has promised to me? To me. Get this. We have to keep in mind that not every promise in God's Word you have the right to claim as yours. Amen? Remember, I'll use our last two here for example that we've looked at. Abraham, God gave Abraham a promise, did He not? That in his old age, He would give him a son and that son would become a father of many nations. Do you have the right to claim that promise? Yes or no? No. It's not your promise. It would be like this morning if I said to Trevor, Trevor, hey, tonight at church, if you will come and quote three Bible verses to me, I'll give you $50. I promise you I'll give you $50. Illustration purposes only. Uh, I'll, give you three, I'll give you $50 for three Bible verses. You've got to quote from memory, perfect, word perfect, nonetheless. Okay? You good? Do you accept that promise? Okay, good. So Trevor, I've given that promise to Trevor. So imagine if John comes in tonight and he says, Hey, I know John 11.35, Jesus wept. I know John 3.16, and he quotes John 3.16, word perfect. And then he quotes Romans 3.23, word perfect, and he says, Where's my $50? Who says I should pay John $50? Besides John? Anyone at all? No, why? The promise wasn't made to John. Who was the promise made to? It was made to Trevor. And so no one else in the room, but you say, but I heard it. I heard you say if you quote three verses, you'll give $50. No, I told Trevor that if he quotes three verses, for illustration purposes only, that I would give him See, I know Trevor could quote three verses, and so that's why I don't really want to pay him $50. And so I'm going to rescind my promise for the illustration purposes. But understand something. Do you know how many times that we come in faith believing that God is going to do something because He promised something to Abraham? Well, God, why haven't you done this? Well, the answer many times is, I'm sorry, but I didn't promise you. You see, that's one of the reasons why we must examine our faith. Because faith in a promise that wasn't promised to me is probably not going to be fulfilled for me. 
Somebody say amen. Look, I, I know this may be a little deeper than what you were wanting this morning, uh, but if, if, if I have to say, okay, is it in God's Word? Yes, but was it to me? Was it to Bible believers? Was it to Christians for this day and this time, for this age? Was it in that? If the answer is no, that's why my faith has stalled. You see? So if, if, if faith is something in God's Word, that God's Word has promised, if it's not in God's Word, that may be the very reason why our faith has stalled. Is everybody with me so far? Okay. So it may be because God promised it to somebody else and not me. So then I ask, okay, if it's in God's Word, yes. If it's a promise that He's given to me, yes. Then I can ask question number three. Is my faith in something that God is able to perform? Is my faith in something that God is able to perform? Yes or no? Now, the only thing we know God's limitations. The only thing He said He cannot do is lie. And so unless your faith is in something that God could lie about, then He's able. Because He's able to do anything. Because He's God. And so if the answer to that question is yes, go on to the next one. Is my faith in something that God is able to perform, but that He has not promised to me? That He has not promised to me. You know, one of the biggest areas in our life that we often have difficulties with is, uh, is sometimes financially uh, financial in our lives. It's amazing to me how uh, in, in history, at least American history, Amer the American history, the American dream is about obtaining, isn't it? It's about getting something. It's about having something. It's about having something that is your own that no one else can take. To have freedom to speak and, and all of that. And I, I, I think back to uh, the early or late 1800s and early 1900s as we had the uh, Industrial Revolution and men were inventing things and becoming rich and, and it seemed like they wanted to be the next richest and they were trying to do all they could to outbeat one another to find out who can be the richest man in the world. And several achieved this until somebody had more money. And then they had more money. And it seems like even back then, everyone wanted to be a millionaire. Now, it's amazing, to, and here's what's amazing to me, is that 120 years ago, people wanted to be a millionaire, and we still want to be a millionaire. I'm not saying a million dollars is not a lot of money, but if you compare a million dollars in 1900 compared to 2021, they're, they're vastly different. Vastly different. I don't know why people aren't saying billionaire today. Because those millionaires back then were really billionaires today. And so I desire to be a billionaire. And I have faith that God will make me a billionaire. Now, why are you not laughing? You're probably not laughing because, look, God is able, is He not? Is He able? Yes, He's able. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. 
He owns everything in the world. If God wanted me to have a billion dollars, he absolutely could give it to me. And so I'm going to put my faith in that God will give me, or at least my wife, doesn't matter to me, at least give one of us a billion dollars. God is able. And I've gone from faith to faith. And I've seen what faith has done for me in my Christian life. So now here it is. It's time to become a billionaire. And you know what? I got so excited the other day. I got an email from a Saudi prince. That said he has this money that he can't give in Saudi Arabia. He has to give it to somebody here in America. And he chose me. It must be of God. Thank you, Lord. Look, look I, I'm really not making fun here, but people think this way. Not knowing that it's a scam. But I have faith. What happened? It, it worked here, and it worked here, and it worked here, but, but I've come here, and I've been asking God for ten years to give me a billion dollars, and He hasn't done it. Is God able? Yes. Has He promised it to me? No. You're, you can read Scripture all through, all over. And you are not going to find the promise that God is going to make you rich. But I'll tell you what you will find. You'll find a promise that God's able to meet your needs. You see, when we put faith in something that is a want or a desire, and, and look, I've even prayed, God, if you give me a billion dollars, do you know how much 10% of that is? I'll give more. I'll put it to your work. Again, God hasn't given that promise. Is He able? Yeah. Has He given that promise? No. No, He hasn't. You know, we ask, we ask God in faith, and by faith, lots of things. Can I, can I leave the trivial for a moment and go to maybe something a little more serious? People, people get sick, don't they? They get ill. And they say, I have faith. I have faith that God's going to heal. And I'll tell you, this, this area right here has discouraged more Christians than I think any other area. Again, if we do the examination and we ask the questions, is God able? Is it something that He's promised to me? Is it something that His Word has promised? The fact of the matter is this, God's Word never promises to anyone a physical 
healing. Is he able? Absolutely. Does he do it? Absolutely. Does our faith change whether he does it or not? No, because sometimes faith just stalls. It just stalls. And so then I ask this fifth question. Is my faith in something that is temporal or eternal? Is it some physical blessing? Is it some physical realm of something that God would do? Or is it eternal? We must never forget that God thinks on the eternal. God focuses on eternity. You see, we look at things and we stop and we say, okay, how is the rest of my life going to turn out? How is this going to affect me 10 years from now? If I do this, and really we don't do that too often, but if we're really planning out our lives and we say, okay, I'm going to put my faith here and I'm going to do this, how is this going to affect 10 years from now? How is this going to affect 20 years from now? Uh, we We think in forms of retirement sometimes. Some people did well with retirement. They started when they were, you know, 18, 19 years old and saved and put away until they were 65 and retired. And man, they're sitting nice, they're sitting pretty. And then others uh, say, you know what, I, I'm, I'm 50 and I've got 15 years left. I better start saving for retirement. And we put our faith in these things of how it's going to affect in 15 years. But God says, the first question is, how is this going to affect eternity? How is this going to affect eternity? It's a big word. It's really not a big word. It's just a small word, but it's a big realm of eternity. So we, we have to ask that question. You see, if someone is ill they have something that God can do. There's nothing wrong with asking Him. Okay, Remember, there's nothing wrong with having faith in something that God is able to do. Nothing wrong with that. Ask and ask and ask again. Amen? Ask again. I really don't want to discourage you from asking or having faith. This ought to encourage you. Because I'm telling you, there's going to come a time in your life when you're going to go from faith to faith to faith, and then you're going to hit a wall where your faith is going to stall. And what I don't want is for you to go backwards. And so you have to understand why your faith might stall. You might be here this morning, and your faith is stalled to a halt. Ask these questions. Ask these questions. And and here are the questions. If you go through, and if every answer is yes, if every answer is yes, then your problem is not in these questions. If you get to one of these questions and one of them is no, that's your answer. Let me say it this way. Understand very carefully. Listen very carefully. Let me say this. You are the problem. 
And I say that as nicely as I can. But if you answer no to one of these questions that you've put your faith in something that has stalled, you are the problem. It's not God. It's not God. Now, I want you to notice something that in this, in this very first verse here, that's very important to take note of, as he says, these all died in faith, not having received the promises. Now, one thing I want you to see is there's more than one. There's more than one. But he says, having seen them afar off. If you come and you say, all right, I am stalled in my faith. It's not moving. It's not going anywhere. And I've answered yes to all of these questions. What does that mean? It means God's not ready. It means God's not ready. Again, we have to think back to, to even God's pattern. When he came to Abraham, he was 75 years old, and he didn't answer for 25 years. And there were times in Abraham's life that he simply thought, this has stalled, and God had to remind him what he said. God had to remind him what the promise was. Because he examined his faith, and he kept... It stalled for Sarah. Sarah gave up, didn't she? She said, okay, Abraham, this isn't going to work. God's closed my womb. Just take Hagar. And Abraham's like, should I, shouldn't I, should I, shouldn't I? They got married and had a baby. And as soon as that happened, Sarah said, oh, I messed up. You see, having faith stall is not the problem. Faith stalling is not the problem. It's going to happen. Oftentimes, though, is, is what do we do when our faith stalls? Because sometimes we're like Sarah. And we say, oh, well, I guess it's not going to answer. God's not going to answer. I guess I'll take this into my own hands. When that happens, I'm just going to tell you, it's probably not going to work out the way that you had imagined. It's probably not going to work out very well. That's why we must examine our faith, answer these questions. Number two, let me say in this as well, not only do we need to examine our faith, but we need to embrace our faith. Embrace our faith. Notice, as he says here, verse 13, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them. Embraced them. Okay, God, I've, I've examined all of this, and I know that you have promised you haven't answered yet. So I'm going to embrace my faith. We have to understand that faith can sometimes be afar off. Far off. Notice, again, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off. They had them. 
They were promises. They were from God. They could, they could claim it. They could say, this is for me. And I believe God for it. But they had to embrace it in order to get there. Not only in that embracing, but they had to be persuaded that God always does what He says He will do. God always does what He says He will do. If God gives you a promise, He's going to see it through. Is it going to be in your timing? Probably not. Probably not. It'll either be sooner or later than what your timing would be. But we have to stay persuaded that God will work. How do we do that? Well, we have to do that in having, again, a faith that goes to faith, that goes to faith, that goes to faith. I stalled. Oh, I asked my questions. I answered yes. But am I persuaded? Because no one likes to stall. No one likes to sit still. I just want it answered. But you see, what happens is I can look back and I can say, well, I had faith here. God came through. And I had faith here and God came through. And I had faith here and God came through. And I had faith here and God came through. And so therefore, I can be persuaded that even at a stall, God can still come through. Maybe may be afar off. It may be later on. But I must embrace this. To embrace something means to welcome. To embrace something means to love. To embrace something means to have joy in. You see? That is what embracing means. We continue reading. It says, confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth, for they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. That they seek a country. Can I say, embracing your faith means to declare to yourself and to Him that you will not give up on what He has promised. You're not going to give up. You're not going to turn back. You see, that is one of the dangers when our faith stalls. You say, okay, I know what's happened here, but I'm not pleased here. I'm discouraged. I'm, I'm whatever it is, you may be in your emotions. But you say, God's just not doing it. Look what He says. It says they seek a country. Plainly. They've declared it. And truly, verse 15, this is key, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. I, I don't have any statistics on this. Just some personal experiences, some personal observations. You know, when people turn back to, in this particular 
area, the old country, the old ways. It is usually in a time where faith stalled. It's usually what happens. They say, you know what? I quit. done. Walk away. Forget this. It's not worth it. This happens a lot. People will find religion. They'll find God. They'll get saved. They, they get in church and, and they go from faith to faith to faith. And they put faith in God and man, He comes through. And things are great. Then faith stalls. And they say, I knew church wouldn't work. I knew church wouldn't work. Listen, can I just tell you, church won't work. Church doesn't work. Anybody ever been disappointed by church? No, seriously, raise your hand. You ever been disappointed by church? I have. I'm the pastor. You know what? Not only have I been disappointed in church, I've disappointed in church. I've been on both sides. Where I've been the one disappointed and I've been the one disappointing. Listen, listen very closely. If your faith is in Bailey Road Baptist Church, your faith is misplaced. If your faith is in me, it is very wrongly misplaced. Because I'm probably going to disappoint you. But if your faith is in God, and you can say those answers to those questions, yes, don't worry when your faith stalls. Embrace it. Embrace it. Don't quit. Don't say, God, I'm done with you. Listen, don't let your siblings influence you and hurt your feelings in that, what God has called you to. Because that happens a lot too. You see, we're just siblings here. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. And no one can hurt a brother or sister like another brother or sister. It's wrong. It's wrong as the day is long. But that's how it happens. Don't let that happen to you. Don't say, I'm done, I quit. It's over. I'm running away. And you pack a bag and you leave. But God said if they had opportunity, if they had thought about long enough in the old country, somebody faith is stalled, maybe say, man, sure could use a drink right now. That's what I would have done ten years ago. If you're thinking that, don't. It's not worth it. Don't go back. Don't go backwards. Embrace your faith. But then number three, and this is important, Verse 16, it says, But now 
They desire a better country. That isn't heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He hath prepared for them a city. First, examine your faith. Second, embrace your faith. Number three, you're going to have to encourage your faith. You are going to have to encourage your faith. My faith is stalled. I've examined it. I've embraced it. But now you must encourage it. You must be encouraged that while the answer may not come to you directly, it will come. It will come. These all died in faith. Not having received the promises. You know, Abraham never saw his seed as the sand of the as the sea. Did he? Jacob didn't. Isaac didn't really. Now Isaac had uh, you know twelve sons or yeah twelve sons and he had all of those and but. And he saw a lot of grandchildren and possibly even great-grandchildren, but as the sand of the sea? Did he see it? No. The father of many nations? Oh, yeah. You know who gets to see that today? You and me. That ought to encourage you. The answer may not come directly to you. The answer might come to your children. David had a desire. David had faith that God would let him build a temple. And God straight out told him, uh, no, you're not. But I'll let Solomon. Wait a second. But it's my vision. It's what I want to do. And he had faith that God would let him, and God said, no. I'll let Solomon. Moses wanted to go to the promised land that God had promised. God said no. And even when Moses came and said, God, I really want to go. Will you let me? God said, listen, I've already told you. Don't ask again. No, sir. You aren't going. Get Joshua ready. He's going. Did they go? Yeah, that God kept His promise. Because He always does. It just may not be for you. You, listen, you might die in faith. You need to be okay with that. You need to be encouraged by that. Why? Because you need to be encouraged that there is a better promise. Amen. There is no promise that God could fulfill on this earth, on this planet, that's better than heaven. None. And so they sat there and they said, "What? we're waiting on a city. We're waiting on a place. We're waiting to go. Well, they were encouraged because they said, there's a better one. 
There is a better one. And they had a desire for a better country, it says. And just in case you're wondering, it was not earthly, it was heavenly, it was eternal. And that's when God said, I'm not ashamed to be called their God. For He hath prepared for them a city. Is there one promise greater than another? Oh yeah. That's the promise of heaven. I hope I've illustrated this well enough for you, but sometimes faith stalls in our life. Just stops. Not because God doesn't care. Listen, it's not because you didn't have enough faith. Neither one of those. Again, you could have all the faith in the world, but if God didn't promise it, and it's not in His Word, sometimes it just isn't His plan. Sometimes it's just His plan for you to wait. Don't give up. Don't give in to discouragement. If you're here this morning and you're saying, Pastor, you are, you're, you're hitting this here. My faith is stalled. I just can't seem to move past this. God just isn't answering. Ask these questions. Examine your faith. Does it line up with God's Word? If yes, then simply embrace your faith. Embrace it for what it is. What it is, is faith. You can embrace it. Then encourage your faith. The answer, again, may not be found in you, but someone who comes after you. Either way, be encouraged that there's still a place called heaven that God has prepared for you. Love every head bowed, every eye closed this morning.